Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. We are so excited to be here with you guys today. It's been a few weeks now since we were able to tune in and do an episode. So I feel like we are like getting to hang out with you guys again, even though it's just Shana and I here recording. I just feel so excited that we get to tune in. And, you know, it's just been in the last couple of weeks, we've just been taking care of ourselves and really trying to live by our design. And as us both being projectors, sometimes that means not doing the podcast, not doing other things that we're trying to force ourselves to do. And instead, really just taking care of ourselves and listening to our body. And both of us are designed to be inconsistent with that undefined ego center. So living our design sometimes looks like just honoring ourselves in that way. And then when we do get to come back in and like check in with you guys and have these conversations, it just feels so exciting and fun. So I'm super grateful to be here with you guys today. Yeah. It's been interesting because, you know, as projectors, I feel like the common struggle is always, um, around rest and around productivity and around how much you should be working and how much you shouldn't. And there's a lot of internal push and pull there for all projectors. I feel like a lot of people reach out to us saying, you know, I don't really resonate with having to rest or like being a nap queen or like needing, you know, to only work a few hours a day. Like I feel lazy and I want to get stuff done. And it's, it's been through living our design consistently every day, like dedicating, um, our, ourselves to really honoring what we're really feeling and showing up for ourselves in that way. Um, it's been interesting, like it's Mm -hmm. been exciting, but also really interesting. So it's, it's funny this last month, the month of May, we decided to take off for the most part from readings and, it's like, I know I don't have anything to do and people will call me and be like, can you do this? Can you do that? And I've literally just been like, no, sorry, I'm resting. And it's like (laughs) not an acceptable excuse to not do things, but it's like scheduled in my calendar. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, can we do this tomorrow? No, I'm, I'm resting tomorrow. Like, oh, can we do this the next day? Nope. Sorry. Resting. (laughs) Like it's on my calendar in purple, like a whole band through the month of May, like Dana and Shayna time off to rest. And so everything that pops up in there, if it's like, hell yes, I'm super excited about it. Great. I'm, I'm going to do it obviously in that time. But if it's anything less than that, this is my dedicated time to be like, sorry, I have a block on my calendar. Like there's no space for that meeting or that call. Let's do it in June. Um, so it's interesting. I feel like we as a collective, we struggle to really actually carve out time for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially for me, like I, my open route, I will just fill every single moment of every single day with things constantly, unless I literally put it on my calendar 
this is my time to rest. Um, where, where, as I know that doesn't work for everyone, but it's just been interesting. I feel like with us starting this business and, um, coming into really our own and living our design that it's been a few years of detoxing Mm -hmm. from conditioning and from our old jobs and from the rat race and from all that pressure. And I still even feel like I'm getting to know my own natural, when I, when do I want to wake up? When do I want to go to sleep? Can I honor what I'm feeling right now? Um, And the last few weeks have been pretty crazy astrologically and they're just getting crazier for the next (laughs) few weeks. I mean, there's like, we're in retrograde now and Gemini Mm -hmm. season and I, apparently, like, everything's going into retrograde. Yeah, for the whole summer. And we're going to go into eclipse season for the whole summer. So there's just going to be a lot of kind of going back to those old habits, going back to that old conditioning that, you know, and that's really the thing about conditioning is I feel like I've made quantum leaps in the way that I'm using my energy correctly compared to how I was before I knew human design. Like, it's literally night and day how different I operate And so I feel really proud of myself for how far I've come. And then, you know, these astrological transits come in where you're kind of getting pulled back into those, you know, past kind of karmic habits that you're breaking and healing from. And it's so important to just be gentle with yourself in this time. And, you know, that's, I think, going to be the big lesson of the summer is like, enjoy yourself do the things that really feel like they're taking care of yourself, celebrate life, um, do the things that bring you beauty, really follow your design every day, but also be easy, be gentle, have compassion for yourself. And you know, that rat race feeling that we're so programmed to have this like constant pressure of like, there's never enough time. You have to keep going. You have to push yourself or you're going to miss something or someone else is going to get it before you. That theme has really been coming up for me. And, you know, you know on this like soul level that that's not true. But then you kind of get into your mind and you start questioning yourself. You start questioning your authority and the way that your intuition speaks to you through your body. It is always just going to be about kind of like having awareness of that and really seeing it. That's the goal. The goal is not to be perfect. And to never have these old patterns come back, like we're designed to have these old patterns come back. And then you can see how much you've grown in the way that you're now able to navigate it from this much higher place. Yeah, it's so true. I saw um, a quote or a yeah quote in Rupi Carr's book, Homebody, and it said, I'm done trying to prove myself to myself. And that say that stuck again. with me. I'm done trying to prove myself to myself. Yes, that is the essence, I feel like, of why we don't actually show compassion to ourselves, why we don't actually be easy on ourselves or give ourselves rest, because it's so easy to say self-care and like be easy on yourself and rest like people I say that all day. Like I can Mm -hmm. say that to someone else to do, but it's like, okay, but do you actually do it when you are by yourself in your house, maybe taking a bubble bath, doing your self-care? Are you actually internally being 
nice to yourself and mm-hmm. letting yourself rest? Or are you thinking, okay, I'm taking this bath and then when I'm done tomorrow, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that and I have to get this done and I'll send this email later. But right now I'm resting. Like that is not rest and it's not being easy on yourself. So mm-hmm. that, that quote really like is, I've been contemplating it a lot and really um, observing what things am I doing because I'm really wanting to do them and I'm really passionate about them and what things am I doing because I'm proving something to myself, whether Mm -hmm. that is proving that I can make something of myself or that I'm capable or that I, um, you know, I'm independent and I don't need other people or that, you know, I've really grown and all of those things. It's not about other people seeing them. It's about me proving it to Mm -hmm. myself and wanting to show myself like, but look how far you've come now, but look how far you've come now. And none of that matters. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't need to do that. I've, I just, my existence, just my breathing is a miracle. Like Mm -hmm. it is like God incarnate. Like that is, I don't need to prove anything to myself. So then it just comes back to using my authority and Mm -hmm. like, okay, am I actually so passionate about this? And it just feels like my direction right now in this moment. Cause it's like, I can think about something like writing a book And it's like, that feels like it's on my direction. It feels like it's in my path. But today, right now in this moment, I want to lay on the couch. (laughs) So it's like, okay. And laying on the couch right now in this moment, I feel passionately about. And I feel like that is bringing me towards my direction. So it's always about coming back to the moment and really whatever your authority is. In this moment, what is your authority telling you to do? Not you know, I mean, obviously you're here to apply your authority to big decisions, but a lot of times big decisions are not in this right exact moment. Like you could be making a big decision. Like, yeah, I want to move next month. Great. Make that decision with your authority, but then come back to this present moment. How do I want to spend my time? What is Mm -hmm. my body telling me? What is my authority telling me? And can I listen? It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to move next month because right now in this moment, I'm not sitting down and planning everything and figuring everything out. Like it will come together, but can you get there in alignment and honoring your truth without this pressure to constantly prove that you are moving towards whatever goal or decision you've made? So I know that's kind of like confusing and like a stream of consciousness, but I've been like observing this, this theme because it, it's very nuanced and it's, you're the only person that can, can know, yes. like it's just you yes. and yourself and nobody else is going to tell you, oh yeah, you used your authority with that. Or, oh yeah, you're in alignment. It's like, you need to be real with yourself yes. and check in with yourself and really see that nuance, feel that nuance. And can you honor it? Can you listen? Yeah. That's such a huge theme in my life too, in my journey was, you know, I felt when I was younger with that not self of my undefined ego center, I really felt like I had to prove myself to other people. And then eventually I realized like, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. And then I felt free. And then I felt this other theme coming in of like proving myself to myself. Am I, you know, am I up to my own standards? Am I the person that I want to be? And if I'm not, then there's something wrong with me or, you know, something bad about me or that I'm a failure, like all of these things. So 
it's so true that like that inner talk, that inner dialogue, like, do you actually feel your self-theme? If you're a projector, do you actually feel without anyone else's opinion? Like when you feel in the core of your body, do you feel successful? Do you feel like you're doing what you want to be doing? And like, there's no stress or worry that you have to like, keep going or prove yourself. Like you've made it. You're here. You are yourself. You are appreciated. You're recognized. You're living in that self-theme. Like if you genuinely feel that feeling, then you are in alignment. It's not about proving it to yourself. It's not about proving it to other people. It's about really connecting in. And it's not about like physically on the physical level, Mm -hmm. do your outside circumstances prove to others that you are successful. And so now you're in alignment. Like it's, you can make an incredible meal being so present and just using, you know, if you're a splenic projector and just like, oh, I want to use this ingredient and this and being in the moment and spontaneous and make this beautiful meal and feel so successful, mm-hmm. even if the meal tastes like shit. Like, <laughs> it's honestly, yeah, it's like, the it's feeling. this feeling yeah. of like, I am just in flow. I am connected with my truth. I am connected with my body. I am present. I am listening. I am not only tuned in to seeing other people and projects and systems clearly, I'm tuned in to seeing myself clearly. And that is that feeling of success. And I do want to say, you know, when I said like, you know, having this awareness of these nuances and can you listen? If you can't, that doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that you're out of alignment and like you need to fix yourself. It just means you have awareness. Amazing. Mm -hmm. It's all about awareness. And I know we've said that 5 million times on this (laughs) podcast, but it, it really is. And I feel like that we are hard on ourselves because of external, like when we look at our lives, okay, externally, does the things that we consider to be successful or good or good relationships or everything working out, everything being ease and flow, is that all happening? That means I'm in alignment. And it's like, no, you having awareness of yourself and truly seeing yourself and what you're feeling and seeing, okay, this is what my body's telling me, but I can't listen right now. That is an alignment. Um, or this is what my body's telling me and I can listen. Hell yes, I'm excited. That is an alignment as well. So I just want to say like everyone listening, good job. (laughs) Good job. You're alive. You're breathing. You are God incarnate. You don't have to prove yourself to yourself or to anyone or to anything. And like even just listening to this podcast and listening to things that or watching things or reading things that uplift your soul and help you to have deeper levels of awareness about you and your truth that is incredible and in alignment and like good job yeah because totally. times have been fucking tough lately yeah <laughs> and they've been intense and they've been just like this crock pot that's been yeah. turned up to high and we've all just been boiling in here and good job yeah. like we love you. We see you. We feel you because we are you and you are us and we love you. Yeah. That, that, you know, it just kept like repeating in my head as you were talking is like, you, it's okay to just be like, really just be here. Whatever your body is guiding you towards, just do it. Just listen, just be like, there's nowhere else you need to be. There's no one else you need to be like, just be where you are. And you know, we love that we are on this journey together, that Shana and I are best friends. We get to hold space for each other. 
and that we get to meet with you guys in readings and group calls and things like that where we get to kind of experience your guys' journey and learn from you. And like lately we've been having readings where the people that we get to connect with have been able to listen to our channels videos, which we just released a video on our website for each of the 36 channels that tells you this is what your channel means. This is the, the lowest vibration or the challenge associated with it. This is the gift that you're really here to share with the world. And here's how you transcend that lowest vibration into that highest vibration. Here's how you use this gift in the world. Here's how you see it in yourself. So we released these videos that are just on our site and people have been able to watch them before they get to meet with us. And then when we get to have their reading, we just get to go so deep and we get to hear about your guys' experiences, your revelations and your journey. And it's just the most special and rewarding thing to get to go on this journey with you guys. So um, we're just super like, this is just mostly like a love heart shout out to all of the people that we've been able to connect with and be on this journey with, because it's so true that like, we are all experiencing these collective astrological shifts that move us and kind of give us these same lessons. And that collective consciousness is really floating around where all of us that are on the same vibration are experiencing similar things. So I just wanted to say that we really, we see you guys and we love you. Yeah. And honestly, the talking about these channel videos is actually perfect for this episode because um, we want to talk about like old paradigm human design that doesn't really make sense anymore. It's just kind of outdated um, and kind of how the highest expression of Mm -hmm. how you can really use human design to empower you. And that is why we created these videos because there is so much um, confusion about the channels about everything in human design, honestly. (laughs) Um, But with the channel specifically, it's so powerful to know your gifts Mm -hmm. and so liberating to know your gifts. But there's so much stuff out there on the internet and in random things that isn't very helpful. Um, And really, these videos are what we have found to be the most helpful way to really embody these gifts in your day-to-day life, how you really lean in and how you can really recognize, okay, this is the highest expression. This is the lowest expression. I can see that. I can um, hold myself accountable for that in, in a sense, energetically, but these are things that are felt. They are energetic. So it really is once you know them, you can really recognize, okay, this is when I felt this. And I can lean in even more here and I'm just going to like run with this and I'm going to really soar with this because this is natural to me. So mm-hmm. we were excited to create these videos, but it was a lot of work because yeah. there's 36 different ones and we really wanted over our experience with all the different readings we've done and all the different things we've learned, we really wanted to empower you guys the most that we could with these channel videos. So we have our type videos. We have our channel videos. Check them out if you're like not sure what your gifts are. This episode is going to get into a lot of random things that you might be like, I didn't even know that was a thing in human design. So check those out on our website. It's going to help you to really live more authentically as yourself in your highest expression and just have awareness because awareness is the key. Yeah. So as Shana was saying, what we came here to talk about today in this episode is this concept of old paradigm human design languaging, things that are kind of like funky and strange, weird words and like things that seem a little bit extreme or dogmatic. And we want to kind of tell you our interpretations of those things 
the way that we have reframed it uh, to really make it fit in with this new paradigm that we're flowing into. So, you know, a lot of the things in human design, there's kind of like these two big reasons why they're weird and funky. Like one is that um, it's coming from Ra and he is this, you know, shocking person who like when he's introducing it, the way that he was designed to speak about it is in this really shocking way. Um, and then the other thing about it is that it's a channeled system. So, you know, channeling something from the spiritual realm into the human re- human realm, there are these very powerful, deep wisdom codes associated with human design, but the languaging can be kind of like a funky, strange languaging that can kind of throw us off because of our own connotations with certain words. So we wanted to dive into this topic because it's something that you guys ask us questions about a lot and it's something that we feel passionately about. Like we, since the day human design came into our lives, it took over. Like we are just absolutely in love with this system and we can see why something was called this or why, how this is true, but the way that it's been communicated is a little off-putting. And so it's something that we feel really passionately about is helping people understand, okay, this is why it was called that. And here's how you can think of it in this new way that feels really helpful, really liberating, really empowering, really freeing and is kind of like the core truth of what was trying to be communicated within this. So, and I do want to say that none of the stuff that we, um, how we see is the most helpful is like rewritten by us. Like Mm -hmm. we're not taking this in and rewriting it and making it something new at all. It is 100% like the core of the teachings. Um, But it is just shifting the wording so that way it's not so off-putting and it is actually helpful um, with our conditioning in, you know, 2021 and going into 2027. We are really, we have evolved so much since this was initially channeled and we are grateful for raw. We are grateful for those, you know, who have learned this when it was first channeled. And I always say like Ra was here to channel this and get it out and synthesize it into a system. I don't know if he was here to teach it because if you've listened to anything that Ra has put out like videos um, or audio recordings, it's very all over the place. It's kind of really hard to... um, to understand. So, mm-hmm. but, th- you know, we have learned so much directly from Ra and like mm-hmm. listening to so many things that he's put out there and piecing, weaving it all together. So that way it actually is like one coherent stream <laughs> versus like a chaos of explosion. Yeah. So that is kind of like the concept that we want to start with. We want to say that so many of the systems that we use and the wisdoms that we use and the modalities that we use in our current time are ancient. They are modalities that have been downloaded and workshopped by thousands and thousands of people. So many generations before us have done a lot of work being able to raise their vibration and connect to spirit and be able to download these things and then have taught them to that next generation and that have passed on to us. So we really like to spend just a moment every day, really giving gratitude for the history of where things come from, Um, you know, with human design for sure, but also with everything that we're doing with, you know, meditation and yoga, like it's so important to 
Just take a deep breath and thank the human ancestors that have created and passed down and channeled this information and for it coming to you. Like it's such a beautiful blessing that we get handed down these wisdom codes that we're able to build upon that collective wisdom, that collective knowledge. Um, So taking that moment, taking that breath, like being grateful, feeling your connection to the people that came before you and feeling how, how lucky you are to be able to be given this information and really feeling kind of like your place in, in this one human family, you know, in this one human collective and with human design, even though it is a fairly new system because it was, you know, downloaded and synthesized in 1987, it's comprised out of these ancient modalities, you know, I Ching, thousands of years old and Kabbalah and the chakra system. Like these are very, very ancient systems and, you know, very sacred wisdom that's that's associated with these systems. So we really like to kind of sit whenever we're looking at our chart or whenever we're like sitting to just feel our wisdom and our authority in our body. And we encourage you guys to do that too, to just kind of like take a deep breath and tune into your G-Center and to feel all of the thousands of people who have come before you who have been using a system like this or have been using the systems that are the origin of human design and to give gratitude to those people, to give gratitude to the places, the cultures where these things come from. And to kind of start from that place, um, I think is really powerful. So we just wanted to kind of start by by sharing that, that we are so grateful for this ancient wisdom and we feel so blessed. Like honestly, it is such a profound gift to us in our opinion that human design was downloaded by Ra and that we are gifted this incredible system because we see it every day that like the validation that you get from having this map of your energy, this blueprint of your energy, it's so powerful. It is like the biggest shortcut ever. You could be in therapy for five years to kind of come to these realizations that human design is going to show you this mirror in one, in one second, in one chart. So it's so profound. It's so sacred. And you know, part of what has really made me feel so connected to human design, human design is such a practical tool. Like there are these very practical strategies. It helps you kind of synthesize the, the experience of being a spiritual being in a human form. Like it really helps you in the human form. Here's how you make a decision. Here are the gifts that you're here to use. Here's how your energy compares to other people's energy and works with other people's energy on the physical plane. So that physical side of human design, I think, is really what attracts a lot of people. But of course, there are also these deeply sacred and ancient wisdom codes, you know, associated in with everything that it's doing. And that part of human design is actually the part that's really spoken to me, you know, and in studying other spiritual modalities and and reading about other spiritual forms and like every place that I've learned about souls and like the origin of the universe and sacred geometry, like all of these different things that I learn on my own time, they all reflect the wisdom that's taught within human design. Like there is just such deep and sacred truth at the core of human design, in my personal opinion. And these systems like I Ching and the Kabbalah Tree of Life and the chakra system, these systems that have withstood the test of time, that have been applicable and helpful for people and meaningful for people for many, 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 many generations and still have this profound truth that helps us so much, that time is something that really helps me 
to feel grateful and grounded and like kind of like loved and supported by all of the universe and by all of like the people who have come before me. Um, so that ancient part of, of human design and those those sacred things that are embedded within human design are definitely something that I think should be appreciated. Yeah, I agree. And I, I am just grateful. Everything mm-hmm. you said is like exactly how I feel. And I think that um, as we're evolving, like we can all admit and feel that human design is spot on. Like it is Mm -hmm. so liberating. It is so specific and so practical, like you said, but there are definitely some things that are funky and, you know, we kind of raise our eyebrows like, Oh, I don't know if that's, um, the wording I would use or (laughs) wording that resonates with me. Um, so as we are evolving into this new paradigm, it's really about evolving in a way that what supports us, what has meaning to us, um, what is supporting this new way of being as a collective. And we've really seen human design evolving as well. Like more people are ready to discover it. More people are ready to implement it. More people are feeling called to share it. And they each have their own unique way of being a conduit for this modality. So it's like they are here to really... Uh, channel and share this modality with everyone who comes across their path. So, so I just wanted to say that it's really about marrying those two things together, like the past and the future and really anchoring in into that present moment of saying, okay, I love and honor and deeply revere the past, the history of where these things come from, the people who have passed this down to me. And I am empowered in this moment to say, How can I take what serves me? How can I take what helps me, what resonates and leave behind what no longer serves me because of the place that I've evolved to or because of the direction we're evolving towards? So each and every single one of us is empowered to take the things that help us and and leave behind the things that don't. Leave behind the things that don't resonate for you or don't click for you. And, you know, that's why there's so many people who are drawn to teaching yoga. You know, each and every single one of those people is going to have their own unique way of interpreting it, of tweaking it, of being able to communicate it in a new way and leaving behind the things that no longer serve their highest good for the place that we're evolving towards. Um, So it's really about kind of like holding space for that whole beautiful picture. Like we love and honor the roots of where this thing comes from. And we love and honor the fact that we're empowered to let it evolve and that we are conduits of helping it evolve so that it continues to support us as, as we evolve as a human species and like our consciousness evolves. Yeah. So let's just get right into it. I mean, I guess what would you describe is old paradigm human design to, to us? Yeah. So we talked about this in the last episode with Aaron Claire Jones, but there's like this first wave of human design of people who actually studied with Ra in like the early 90s. And they took his lectures and had to travel to like New Mexico or Hawaii or wherever he was, Ibiza, to be able to do these lectures. And it's very like the exact wording 
that raw downloaded from the voice, like those are the words that you use. Like the exact name of the gate, like that's the word that you use. And raw kind of talked about a lot of things as if they were completely fact and there's like no wiggle room. So he was very like dogmatic and and sometimes just very rigid and like, no, this is how it is. And so people who learned from him, they often take things like, literally or to the extreme or they just have an extreme tone in the way that they communicate things and it's not and in our personal experience it's not that any of those things are untrue they they could be very true and super helpful for people it's just like the languaging the harshness and like the association with those original words and not wanting to stray not wanting to explain it in new languaging but wanting to use the direct languaging that raw channeled that's kind of like that first wave of human design. And while there's incredible wisdom that is in there for us to to learn from and to be able to utilize and experiment with in our lives, it can just feel like, whoa, it's a bit harsh. So that kind of like first wave of people, you know, you'll meet people online or you'll do readings of people that did study with raw. And sometimes they do have that very rigid, like, no, this is what it's called. This is what it said. Like, it's meant to be taken 100% literally. Um, you're supposed to do it every day. And it's like, well, this is an experiment. So we don't need to be so rigid. As we're moving into this new wave, a lot of people who are being called to teach human design in this new wave, for example, Jenna Zoe and Eric Claire Jones, and these people that you guys are, you know, following and hearing talk about human design on podcasts and on Instagram, right? This like new millennial version of human design, this second wave of it coming in. A lot of us are really feeling like, yeah, these things are super powerful and super true, but how can we refine this? How can we fine tune this? How can we share this in a more accessible and open way? Because really that is the core of human design. Ra does talk about, I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm saying that you're designed to experiment with it. But then a lot of the other ways that he was explaining it were just so harsh and kind of like all or nothing. And a lot of us are seeing like, okay, what's a way that we can interpret this that feels more open-ended? Yeah, or a way that we can interpret this that is actually helpful. Like Mm -hmm. it's not helpful to, you know, necessarily hear the words, we're all man-eating monkeys and, you know, know, in this new paradigm, we're going to just, everyone's out for themselves, Um, you know, because that's not, that's not helpful <laughs> at all. Um, there's nothing that you can do with that or, or to hear that, you know, this is, it, you don't have a choice. This is who you are. You'll never get along with this type of person. Um, if your charts don't align in, in a certain way, then your relationship will never work out or whatever. There's, there is a lot of things that, um, when taken so literally, are very limiting. And as we know, we're coming into this new paradigm that is all about limitless uh, possibilities. So it is not about dissing, you know, other readers at all. Like they are here to channel what, how they're here to channel it. They are here to talk about it, how they resonate, what is showing up for truth for them. We're just talking about how we can take some things that might sound a little harsh or a little limiting and um, what's the highest expression here? How can you lean in? How can you actually apply this um, in a way that's supportive for you versus a way that is limiting for you? Because limits are out the freaking window mm-hmm. as we're coming into this new paradigm. 
Yes, I love it. Yeah, so, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but Ra has that gate of shock, and his cross is the cross of the Clarion, so that gate of shock is in his cross of incarnation. And, you know, really the way that he spoke was to shock people out of complacency and into awakening. And it's funny because that gate of shock is one of the things that we get the most questions on. Like, everyone's like, oh my God, my son has the gate of shock. Like, what what do I do with that? Like, I'm so afraid that something terrible is going to happen to them or like, whatever. And gate of shock is one of my favorite gates. I have the gate of shock. Um, You guys all know Spirit Says, who's been on our podcast a bunch of times. She has the gate of shock in her cross of incarnation. So does my husband, Jared. He has the gate of shock in his cross of incarnation. Um, You know, a lot of us have the gate of shock. And the just the name shock I think can invoke fear in people because it's like well I don't want shocking things to happen but you know what if we say instead this quality tells you that you're someone who's here to awaken people and the things that happen to you the things that you say are here to open people's eyes and help them see in a new new way and awaken out of that complacency and start seeing things in a higher awareness in a higher state of consciousness like how beautiful is that quality? And that's really what the gate of shock is all about. It is that quality. It's about impacting people. It's about being someone who is able to communicate in a way that awakens people. And 1000%, you can see how Ra did that. The gate of shock, the way that it played out in his lifetime, extremely powerful. You know, like he awakened so many people out of this complacent state and got them curious, got them seeing things for the first time. So, It's really just about, you know, that gate of shock. I just wanted to say that we like to say that it's about awakening people out of complacency and provoking, shaking them into this higher, this higher way of seeing the world. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. That's such a good example um, Mm -hmm. because it is like scary to hear it. But then in, you know, contrast, just a side note, like I don't have the gate of shock, neither does Brian and nothing shocking ever happens to (laughs) us. And it's like, um, then it's kind of like you guys bring this excitement. You bring this, this level of awakening. Yeah. And so like seeing it now lived and seeing the contrast of like, okay, you have the gate of shock. I don't, or seeing it in a client and really seeing it lived is like, no, that doesn't mean that crazy things are going to happen to you that are really bad and scary. It's literally what you said. Like it, And so the reason why we're, I guess, re-describing it in a way that's helpful and true um, is because we've seen it. Like yeah. We've seen how it is applied and how mm-hmm. it can be, how you can learn from these things that do awaken you mm-hmm. and you can help other people to do the same. And of course, we talk about this so much, like in our channel videos, we talk about it. Every channel and every gate has a lowest expression, a challenge, a fear, or it also has a highest expression, a gift that you're here to share with the world. And it just depends on your vibration. Are you embodying that highest expression or that lowest expression? So we definitely think it's helpful to talk about you know, each gate is this coin that has two sides. The gate of shock does have the lowest vibration, which is that, 
you can call in shocking things to happen in your life because you're not utilizing that highest potential. You're not being brave and being bold and awakening people to new beautiful ideas that are going to uplift them. You're afraid to do that. You're hiding from being impactful. And this energy then is kind of forced into that lowest expression where it's coming out in you, you know, kind of subconsciously attracting shocking experiences in a negative way and, you know, wanting to be shocking to hurt people instead of wanting to be shocking to uplift people. So it's definitely true that depending on your conditioning, depending on your identification, your ego, the way that you're kind of either utilizing this gift as the the highest expression or not, you can have this lowest lowest expression come out, but it is so important to highlight the fact that nothing in your design is is meant to be scary. Nothing in your design is bad. Everything in your design has a beautiful blessing that you're here to share with the world. It's medicine that you are here to emanate and to help people to evolve. Like every single one of us has this like higher sacred purpose to help the the evolution and the consciousness of this planet to really rise and transcend. So every single one of your gifts, every single one of your channels, every single one of your gates can be looked at and should be looked at in that light. So that's why we really like to kind of like focus on, okay, what's the highest expression here? We're not like bypassing the lowest expression and the challenge that could come with it. We also want you to know that, but let's really like talk about it and frame it in the way that your soul chose it, which is this beautiful blessing, this beautiful gift that you're here to share with the world. Yeah. And you know, I'm having like a realization that, you know, when Ra was teaching this and talking about it, that was in the 90s. And he's talking to people that, you know, have never heard of this before Mm -hmm. and maybe aren't awake to themselves or to their uniqueness in any way. And so maybe, you know, the tendency with people with Gate of Shock in the 90s, where this is super abstract, is like, yeah, if you look at your life, um, shocking things probably happened to you because you were attracting them because you were afraid and because you were living in that fear. So I feel like a lot of that communication is is based on the time yeah. and the people and what that was he's necessary. communicating to and what was necessary then. to help people awaken yeah. then. And it's like, damn, it's crazy to see how much has changed in our collective Uh, just with the birth of technology and the birth of social media and the birth of communication and being able to constantly like be growing at this exponential awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just crazy and like so grateful and so honest. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I'm so (laughs) glad that it's like, 2021. Yeah. 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 You guys can't see me, but I'm doing a little dancing. Just doing a little jig. And, you know, I do want to say that all of the names in general, pretty much, of all the channels and all the gates and all the profile lines, the names are a little bit crazy, right? These words that are used in those names are downloaded from the source, from the voice, from spirit. And there's a reason that all of these names exist, right? So the Gate of Shock, obviously, we just talked about why it's called that. Um, And we have so many like negative connotations with certain words. And we have this big tendency to take every single thing and put it into one of two categories, good or bad, positive or negative. And really the realm of spirit sees so many more things as neutral. Like, you know, shock is, you know, you can be shocked in an amazing way that totally transcends your life and transforms your life. Or you can be shocked in a negative way. But shock itself is not positive or negative. It's neutral. 
And it's just depending on what side of that expression you're on. So there's other gates, you know, for example, the gate of crisis, gate 36. And when people see that in their chart, they're like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Like my kid has this, or I have this, like, what does it mean? And you know, if you have gate 36, you are someone who is designed to live in this realm of emotional challenges, but that can be obviously beautiful and so powerful and so helpful for people or it can be painful and challenging and scary. And, you know, in itself, having those emotional challenges is not good or bad. It's not positive or negative. It is neutral. So any word that you see in your chart that's like, whoa, that word seems negative to me or it seems positive to me, try to just know that all of these words are actually neutral and that there is a highest expression and a lowest expression within this one word. Like literally every single gate and channel, we could talk about that gate or channel for an hour. There's so many nuances. There's so many different characteristics that are included in this one quality. It's not one note, right? Just like our human experience, everything is multifaceted. Everything has this polarity within that one thing that creates one whole. So really just knowing like anytime you see a word that seems negative, try to check yourself and say, okay, how can I see this in a more neutral light? And how can I see that it could be positive or negative depending on my vibration? Yes. Amazing. Um, so let's run through some of the things that are taught in like the original wave that we don't think we need to really focus or take too literally right now. Yeah. So the first thing that I wanted to say is that you'll hear a lot that it takes seven years to decondition. So it takes seven years to live your strategy and your authority. And if you do that every single day, then at the end of that seven years, you've officially deconditioned and you're officially like able to live in your true design. And while we think that has a lot of truth in it, and if you could live your strategy and authority every day for seven years, like it would help you so much. And by the end, of course, absolutely, you would be able to let go of so much conditioning and really be yourself. But a lot of people email us and say like, I feel discouraged by that. I feel like there's nothing I can do now and it's just gonna take too much time. So we really like to tell people that when you really just tune in with yourself and your higher self and you ask the universe to support you you ask your spirit guides to support you you ask life itself god whatever it is that you call it to support you we can make quantum leaps in our healing we can make quantum leaps in anything that we're working towards and those numbers that seem limiting and like it's like this sentence period of like seven years before anything good can happen to you that is not how this is meant to be taken. And it's just simply not true. Like you can let go of things in an instant, or you can take seven years to let go of something and you are empowered to make those quantum leaps. And that is a hundred percent possible for you. And that's really what we like to lead with. It's like, focus on being present, focus on giving it your all, focus on being connected and know that quantum leaps can happen for you. And if that is your belief and your core truth in your heart, then that is what's true for you. Yeah, exactly. Like we talk about in Everything is Energy and a lot of our other podcasts, it's knowing that um, anything is possible. Like whatever you believe is your reality. And so, um, yeah, if you... Like we're moving, and also I want to say we're moving so quickly. Like I just was saying about how time and our awareness and everything is moving so quickly that 
we really don't see that it takes that long. Um, and I think that part of that was because, you know, our cells, like for all of your cells in your body to turn over and be new cells completely head to toe, it takes seven years. Um, and it's like, okay, on your physical cells, but deconditioning, a lot of that is emotional and spiritual and mental um, and energetic. It's all energetic. So really, whatever you believe is your truth is your truth. And if you want to take five years in therapy with certain things, great, amazing. That's your journey. That's what you're here to do. If you want to take five minutes, great, amazing. It doesn't mean you're spiritually bypassing. Um, deconditioning is, it can be a journey or it can be quantum, like Dana said. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is that, you know, human design test will tell you the traditional teachings that if you're a projector or a non-energy being that you should be sleeping alone. And a lot of people ask us about that. Like I'm a projector and my husband's a man, Jen, like, should I be sleeping in my own bedroom every night? And, uh, we say, no, we do not subscribe to that. However, I will say that I am a projector and my husband's a man, Jen, and I do feel his energy at night when I'm sleeping. Um, I do feel his energy kind of being like a battery recharging itself. And I've slept, you know, Shana and I and our other best friend, Emma, like went on this trip uh, in Hong Kong where our friend was living. And we all three of us are projectors. We all shared a queen size bed in her teeny <laughs> tiny little Hong Kong apartment during a hurricane. Wait, a super typhoon. Yeah. That we were, you know, like just all three of us sleeping in this bed. We actually were there for like over two weeks or something. Yeah. And the three of us projectors slept incredibly next to each other, like three of us in one bed. And it just felt like all of us non-energy beings, we were just flowing. Like it felt so good to not sleep next to any energy beings. So I will say that I've experienced, you know, when I do sleep alone or when I do sleep with other non-energy beings, it does feel really recharging to my system, but it's not really something that I feel called to do in my life to never sleep next to my husband. And I don't not get good sleep when I'm around him. So with that, we like to say that there's absolutely some truth in that and you can experiment with it. So if you're feeling sick or if you're feeling off or you feel like you need to nourish yourself in some way, go sleep alone. If you're a projector or reflector, um, that's okay, right? And see how it works for you. Follow your authority. Is it going to make you happy to do that? Do you want to do that? Does it feel right for you to do that? Um, but is it realistic and is it necessary for every single day of your life, no matter what, to never sleep next to your partner because they're an energy being and you're a non-energy being? No, we don't subscribe to that and we don't think it's necessary. So that's one of those things that like you can take it in this extremely literal way. And if that's what you feel like you want to do and you feel like it's right for you, amazing. We don't think it's necessary in order to have a healthy energetic flow, a healthy like digestion and, you know, energy levels. But it is something that you can experiment with to kind of give you that extra boost or allow your energy levels to clear out completely, allow your centers to clear out completely. Yeah. And I would say use your authority. If your authority is saying, I want to sleep in a different room or I want to not sleep in the same you know, room as my partner, great. Listen to your authority. Um, if it's saying, no, F that, I do. And like, I'm going to use some other tactics to help me to sleep if sleep is an issue for you. Great. Do that. So always, always, always use your authority. It's guiding you to the right place at the right time for your healing, for your growth. 
So then the next thing that we want to talk about is um, your diets in your PHS. Um, A lot of times they're super literal. For example, the appetite diet, raw says, eat one thing at a time, literally one grain of salt on your tongue and eat that. And then, you know, a piece of pepper on your tongue and eat that. And then like, it's literally, you can't cook with oil. You can't cook with seasoning. Like it's one thing at a time. Um, and all of PHS does not need to be so freaking literal. Um, it can be really supportive for you to really break down your ingredients, say if your if your diet is appetite or appetite, or to really follow your diet. If you're feeling sick, you're really needing to nourish yourself. You're really feeling like you need that extra layer of support um, to really follow it strictly for a few days. Great, you can experiment with that. However, we found that especially with this diet's appetite, um, that just starting to lean in a little bit. And okay, let me just simplify what I'm eating. Let me finish this thing before I go on to the next thing. Let me try to have more whole ingredients. Let me try to, you know, have less seasoning and less oils. Let me not eat chili tonight. Instead, let me order, you know, the chicken and the potatoes and the veggies. And let me eat one before I move on to the next. Like you can really play with it. You can snack all day um, with whole ingredients and eating one thing at a time to really help support you. But it's not like, oh my gosh, if you eat a pot of chili, like you're going to be out of alignment and you're, you're fucked. Like it's really not (laughs) that crazy. Yeah. And a lot of the diets are like that. Like for example, if you have cold thirst or hot thirst, like Shana has, um, you know, if you have cold thirst, it's really good for your system and supportive for your system to have cold foods and cold water. If you have hot thirst, the opposite, right? But it doesn't need to be all or nothing. You know, it's really like we like to kind of think about the core of what we're actually saying so that you can understand the whole picture instead of just taking that one piece of advice and making it your new law. So for example, you know, people who have cold thirst, it means that naturally their system runs a little bit more on the warm side, a little bit more on the hot side. So you're eating cold foods to bring that balance to nurture. It's the medicine of the opposite. And the same is true for someone with Shana who has hot thirst. Her system runs a little bit more cool. Her digestion, the fire can kind of go out. So having hot foods, having transformed foods helps kind of stoke that fire within and bring balance to her system. So it's not that she can never, ever, ever have ice cream. It's not that she needs to have hot foods all the time, even when it's in the summer and she's in the desert and it's like super hot. She should still be having like hot boiling water every day. You know, it's about really checking in and being like, okay, the core of this truth is that my system runs a little bit cooler. So when I'm a little bit cold, let me really nourish myself with that hot food. When I'm feeling like I'm sick or I have a cold or I'm not feeling well, let me nourish myself with that hot food. But it's not about it being like this extreme thing that you never, you know, part from because it's not about extremes. Actually, all of our diets are about giving us balance and about nurturing us with something that is going to kind of help our system to find that harmony. So being extreme with it is really not how it's designed to be. It's so much more about listening to your body and having this tool that's like, okay, when I do need to do something, here's the thing that I can do to help myself. But I, the most important thing is that I listen to my own body. What is my body wanting? That's always, always, always going to come first with everything in human design. Yeah. yeah. And Ra says like, 
use your authority with your diets in and your PHS because um, if your authority is saying no, it's not ever going to be right for you. Um, so like for me, example, for example, with that hot thirst, like my authority would love to have a latte, a hot latte in the middle of summer in the desert in a hundred degree weather. Like I'm into it because I really, it does like nourish my soul, but other people, their authority would be like, hell no, it's so hot. I don't want anything hot. So it is like, comes, comes back to what is your authority telling you? No authority outside of yourself, including raw, including human design, including us, including anyone. Um, should tell you what is right for you, um, other than you. So, um, the next one is projectors, um, Mm -hmm. having to wait to be invited with everything, including moving, including, you know, starting your own project or your own business, um, including hanging out with friends. It's so, we found that um, projectors oftentimes when they first hear about human design feel very disempowered around waiting for the invitation because of the way it's communicated. It's a very, um, limiting and people feel like, okay, so I just have to sit around and wait to be invited to live my life. Um, and other people have the power over my life and it is not that at all. If you're feeling like that, a, we really encourage you to watch our projectors video because we really break it down on what, how, what waiting for the invitation really looks like in your day-to-day life and how it is actually very empowering and how you can really um, use it to, in a way that feels really good and supportive and expansive and successful for you. Um, So definitely check out that video if you're in that space of like, I don't know what to do. But we also see that you do not need an invitation with anything in regards to your own life. So you do not need an invitation to move. If you want to move and you've used your authority, go move. You do have an you do need an invitation to tell someone else to move, um, and that is important to really feel. Or to tell someone else you need to move in with me. You know, when it's yeah. like a roommate situation or you know a partner situation. Um, if you're forcing that person to move to with you or, you know, pushing that person to move with you, that's when you're going to need an invitation. When it comes to you interjecting yourself into other people's experience, into other people's lives, into what other people should do, that's when there needs to be that openness and that desire for that person wants your, you to interject yourself, wants you to give that advice or give that wisdom or, you know, put your energy into their life in that way. But when it comes to your own life, you don't need an invitation to live your own life. Um, It's so much more about saying like, what fascinates me as a projector? Like, what do I, what really feels good to me in my body? What feels like that feeling of like, this is just so interesting. I'm drawn towards it magnetically. Like, this is really where I want to be. That kind of feeling. And then it really is about using your authority. That's like the big takeaway. When it comes to something in your own life as a projector, you don't need an invitation, but you do need to use your authority to make sure that it's in alignment for you. But then once it crosses over to like, now I'm introducing myself into someone else's world, into someone else's life into what someone else is doing 
that's when there needs to be that openness. So it doesn't have to be a formal invitation. For example, if you were going to go on a vacation with friends, if you feel from those friends, they're totally open to you hanging out with them. They love hanging out with you. They're texting you all the time. You don't need them to invite you to go on a, a trip together. If there is that openness, you know, you're able to then kind of commune with people and interject yourself. It's really the openness that you're sensing instead of it being like a formal invitation for every single thing in your life. Yes, 100%. So I really want to get into your guys' questions. Um, Does that feel good, Dana, to dive into those? Because you guys sent in a bunch of different um, questions and things that you have felt to be really disempowering around human design that we really wanted to address in this podcast. So I know we've been talking for like an hour and you guys are probably like, okay, we get it. Like... (laughs) We get it, but there are specific things that you guys sent in. So I want to get into those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone said, you know, so basically we asked you guys on Instagram, what are things about human design that have felt old paradigm to you that have felt limiting, that have felt strange, that have felt disempowering in some way. So we want to address them and share how we can see it in a more empowering, empowering and liberating light. So someone said the gate of doubt. And once again, that's like one of those names that it just feels bad to hear that you have the gate of doubt. But the reason is because you're immediately associating the word doubt with being something negative. And really the gate of doubt in its highest expression is extremely healthy. Like you're someone who is designed to question things, who is designed to think for yourself, who is not designed to take things at face value, but who's designed to really look through things and sense for yourself, is this true to me? Is this meaningful to me? Is there anything here that's inconsistent that I don't feel is supportive? And of course, that is an incredible gift. It's an intelligence that you're here to share with the world. So it does have a lowest expression as well. If you're not using that highest expression, you can end up doubting yourself and really having doubt in all of the things that you're wanting to do, holding on to other people's doubt and skepticism around your capabilities. And it's really not designed to be used that way. It's designed to be used on things outside of yourself. Um, But just kind of knowing that once again, anytime you see one of those words in one of your channels or gates, anything in your design that feels negative, really try to see it as neutral and see that there is a highest and a lowest expression to that specific word or quality. Yes. Um, Somebody else said that um, the four, six profile of being on the roof, I put in quotes, um, it makes me feel condemned to isolation when I value connection. And of course you value connection. You're a four, six. Um, You have that foresight as well, which is all about connection and um, really loving and wanting to support other people. Um, We talked about the six line actually in our last episode with Erin Claire Jones of her experience being a six, but um, it really isn't condemning at all. It's saying that it's, it, the highest expression is giving you permission to settle in to your own. Um, Being on the roof doesn't mean that you're removed and you don't need to be around other people. You need to retreat and not, you know, connect with others at all. It really is about um, having the permission to say, okay, you don't need to go out and have all these crazy experiences anymore. Like spend time reflecting on what you've learned and, spend time connecting with other people, spend time nurturing your relationships and your home and your values and what your wisdom, um, and share it as much as you would like, like being on the roof doesn't mean that you can, that you don't have to, or that you're not allowed to share your wisdom till you're 50. Um, it really is about giving you permission to 
reflect and not have to be like out in the world, crazy experiences all the time. And to be integrating all of that beautiful experience and wisdom into your own life and letting it shine, becoming that role model, letting people just learn from you learning yourself and integrating that stuff. Um, And I also just wanted to say that like maybe five or six people said the word martyr being a third line that that word just really like rubs people the wrong way. Of course, all of the profile names have weird names. There's also the heretic. There's also the hermit. So, you know, the reason that the third line is called the martyr is because people who have the third line in their profile, um, you know, one threes, three sixes, etc., three fives, these people have this willingness to stand up and to say, this thing is not right. Let's try it in a new way. And they're willing to really try new things that have never been done and see, like, maybe it'll succeed, maybe it'll fail. But if we don't try something new, how will we grow? How will we evolve? So that's an amazing quality that the rest of us benefit from. Like all of us benefit from the people in our lives who have this three line in their profile because those people are mutating. They're changing things. They're trying new things because they're not afraid to, to fail. They learn wisdom through that trial and error. But the reason it's called martyr is because these people go out and explore and learn something new that benefits everyone. But if it does fail, then they can really take the blame for it, especially when they're children. So that's where that martyr thing comes from. It's like this person sacrificed themselves for the good of everyone and then now everyone's blaming them. Um, so it's really important for you know anyone who has a three line to give yourself love and kind of credit for the fact that the fact that you're a three line, like you are someone who's here to be brave. You are someone who's here to push past the status quo, to try something new, to go out on a limb. And whether you, you know, it ends up working out the way you wanted or it doesn't, you learned an amazing lesson that you're now able to integrate into your own life, to teach other people. It's worth it. And we need you to, to grow and to try new things. So just give yourself credit. And like the fact that it has that martyr name, I hope that you can see it as like giving yourself that validation of like, yeah, I am brave. And I do do these things with courage and with a curiosity for life and kind of let it fuel that love and acceptance for the way that you navigate life. Yes. Um, somebody else said choiceless, <laughs> that that they feel choiceless in their, like, with how things are described. And really, human design is here to um, empower you to make all of your choices, um, regardless of the languaging. So using your authority. And I think that we've really covered that in what we've talked about before. But I do just want to say that nothing in human design is designed to make you feel choiceless mm-hmm. um and that you have no say that this is your cross of incarnation so this is how your life's going to play out or blah 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 like none of that is designed to be limiting um in its highest expression another person said any video of raw speaking is like trying to understand another language mind blown emoji um and yeah it is it is and that's just how the cookie crumbled um <laughs> <laughs> so Somebody else said that the the repelling energy as a manifester, um, how that's described as clo- your aura is closed and repelling if you are a manifester. And listen to our manifester episode, mm-hmm. uh, solo one with us, and then also the one with Holly Marie. We really address this, but it's, you know, 
it's not a negative thing at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I always remember when we were in Costa Rica, our good friend is a manifester. And I remember her one day being like, my aura is closed and repelling. (laughs) And every time I think of, think of this, you know, term I always come back to that memory and it's like gosh the way that that was written really is not cool um, <laughs> because it it isn't I mean mm-hmm. it is closed and repelling but it isn't in the way that we really understand those words with that negative connotation yeah um, another person said my motivation being fear so this is getting into PHS and PHS is a whole nother world of human design that we haven't talked about very much on this podcast but we do have some offerings around PHS um, we have a PHS workbook that you can get in a day luna box like a whole day luna box that's just for your primary health system that tells you your diet your environment your perspective and motivation so This question here is about motivation, um, which is, you know, your perspective is really the way that you are designed to see the world and your motivation is the way that you're designed to think and create concepts that you then contribute to the world. So your perspective and motivation in PHS tells you about the healthiest way that your mind is really designed to work, what your natural intelligence is. And with your motivation being fear, it's actually incredible. It means that you're someone who's really here to create concepts and ideas about things that are unknown, things that are mysterious. So the reason it's called fear is because a lot of people are afraid of the unknown. They fear the things that we don't know. And people who have this motivation are really here to dive into that. So there are a lot of very strange words in the PHS languaging. Um, So that's why we recommend just getting um, our booklet that you can get on our website so that you can see our interpretations because all of the things in PHS are amazing. It's just that they have really funky words. So we definitely recommend that. We also have a whole course on PHS. If you're a human design reader and you want to know everything there is to know about PHS and it's so hard to get information online about it, which is why we created an entire course for people, um, we really recommend that because there's so many juicy things. And if you feel like you're just ready to go that deeper layer, all of that stuff is available on our website. Yeah, yeah. And I do want to answer this question. Somebody said, um, open throat center felt like I'm not supposed to speak. And this is, um, huge people with an open throat center. We have met so many amazing people with an open throat. Um, and people who really truly embody the highest expression of it. And you can be so incredibly powerful and confident and impactful with this center. It's a big place for empathy and it's powerful. So you definitely are allowed to speak. If you have an open throat, you're meant to. People need to hear what you've channeled through this empathy that you have. And a lot of people with this open throat do presentations. They do TED Talks. They are powerful leaders. And so I just want to encourage anyone listening. um, It's it's all about you tuning in to, do I feel pressure to speak and to prove myself? Let me just not succumb to that pressure. Or do I feel empowered and like it's flowing out of me and I just am so passionate about what I'm talking about? Amazing. People need to hear your words. They need to hear your voice. Um, so it's it's about you tuning in. When do I feel like I want to speak or not? Um, and honoring that. And then I think we'll just answer one more question. Um, I wanted to talk, well, a lot of you guys submitted things about 
just the words in general. So about the different gates and how they're scary. So if you are still feeling that about specific gates or channels that you have, I really encourage you to check out the channel videos again, because that's going to clear all of the air up there about that and really help you to fall in love with your gifts and not feel afraid of them. Um, and the last question I want to get to is somebody asked, um, being a reflector, essentially just reflecting everyone else and having no personality. Um, so Dana, do you want to answer this one? I am so happy you chose that one because I was like, that's the one I wanted to talk about too. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, being a reflector, first of all, is such a special journey. I hope that anyone who's a reflector, when you find out that you're a reflector, I hope you really feel how special it is to kind of have this validation and to know that you're here on this journey to be open and to experience everything and then return to nothing and just that clarity like it's so profound and all of us have so much to learn from reflectors so I hope that that can be the theme and that's in your head it's like okay I have a really special design and you know I'm here to experience it all and then I'm here to experience that clarity and that clearing out of that nothing like that is so so special we all have so much to learn from you um but you know being a reflector you have a lot of things in your design that are still consistent. Like we really, really, really recommend if you're a reflector booking a reading because knowing specifically about your profile, your profile as a reflector is huge because it is a consistent part of your design. And it's the main way that people perceive your personality. It tells you so much about how you're designed to connect with the world, how you're designed to learn. So there's a lot of uniqueness there in your profile. So if you're a reflector, know the profile like the back of your hand. There's so much juiciness in there. And also as a reflector, even though you have all undefined centers, you still have all of these gates and your gates are so important to know. They are still these qualities that are always consistent within you in the way in which you take in the world. So really knowing that, getting super clear on that um, is really helpful because you have just as many gates as everyone else. And knowing what they are, celebrating yourself, really seeing them in yourself, leaning into them, knowing your sun gates, what people are really wanting from you, knowing your earth gates, how to ground yourself, knowing your moon gates, how to support that internal world so that you really feel driven in an external way. All of those things are equally as important for reflectors as they are for all other types. Yes. So I know that this has been a lot of information in this podcast, and we hope that it's helped to kind of clear the air a little bit and um, help you feel more empowered with your design if you weren't feeling that before. Um, but as always, you can connect with us and reach out to us um, on our Instagram, which is at DayLuna. You can check out our videos that can really help empower you further on DayLunaLife.com or our boxes if you're wanting to get more tangible with your learning. And um, yeah, check out whatever you want to and reach out whenever you want to our emails hello at daylunalife.com and we love you guys we feel you guys we hope that you're being easy on yourself and just flowing with this kind of crazy current that we're all on and we love you we see you we are you and we just are sending the biggest virtual hug to anyone listening right now thank you guys <laughs>